Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Levinio to Levy. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Welcome to Livigno to Levy podcast once again. And we have a special guest here, Christopher Nielsen from Team Expand. So, Christopher, how are you doing today? I guess you're sitting uh, at your office by yourself, correct? Yeah, that's correct. It's uh, Most people are having home office there, so it's kind of a special situation. But uh, I'm, I'm fine. So you are the, the uh, team director for Team uh, Expand, but of course the season is now over. we in this kind of a special situation uh but what are you doing what is your work i mean you have a regular job i guess yeah i have a, I have a, a regular job as a, um, a master engineer in bilfinger in uh, in norway my job is uh, basically um, what do you call it uh, project uh, project leading so what is bilfinger i mean your company what do you guys do uh we we kind of uh the company as a whole is is a really big one i think with 17000 employees in europe but uh but uh, my department we are uh, uh delivering projects and consult- consultancy services mainly working towards the the industry and then you get into a lot of different problems and uh, solutions to problems and uh, yeah it's very varied and uh, interesting uh, job for me so you're solving a lot of problems, but of course, running a, a pro team, uh, you probably face the same kind of situation, solving problems, correct? Solving problems and planning and uh, logistics. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of the same uh, kind of uh, yeah, everyday work, yeah. So how did you become uh, the pro team director? Why did you take this job? <laughs> I kind of, uh, well, we started the team together with uh, Ingeborg and uh, I kind of, I ran the team together with her. So we're two to share the workload and uh, not just me. That's uh, important to, to notice that we are two to, to do the job. And how do you divide yeah, your responsibilities? Uh, Ingeborg is more into, yeah, working with the, with the sponsors and uh, marketing Things and I uh, do more of the practical uh, logistics and uh, the financial part. And what is the hardest part of your your job, being a, a team director? Hardest part, ah, uh, maybe to to find the time to do all the all the work between uh, my my daily work and uh, my training and yeah, to get everything into the schedule. I think that's the 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 most uh, challenging part for me. Speaking of time, and uh, it must be very difficult for you to schedule uh, your work and, and, and skiing in the wintertime. How do you do that? Do you get time off from work for traveling? Uh, yeah, I, I use my um, holiday in the, in the season to be able to travel to the races. And then um, I usually travel back as fast as possible to, to have a couple of days at work before the next race. So I think it's the same as uh, a lot of the guys in, in uh, Visma. And then this season, when we go back, of course, we only had nine, only and only, but we had nine races. Uh, the three uh, good races in Scandinavia were cancelled, obviously, as we know. Uh, but when you sum up the season uh, from your perspective and from your team's perspective, how was season X 
I will say it was uh, for us uh, and for me the average. I think we have the hope for uh, for a bit more, but um, yeah, you you get what you deserve. And um, when you're not in your best shape, then it's always going to be tough to to get top places. So um, from the beginning, we we didn't have the best start, but uh, I think we we progressed uh, as a team during the season and and in the final races we we showed some um, promising results. So all in all, I think quite in the middle. But you started pretty uh, well. At least you got a, quite a lot of exposure because Ingeborg, first of all, did really well with the sprints, and you, <laughs> that misfortunate, uh, the mishap that happened, you lost your ski uh, in Livigno. But you got a Visma Skier of the Day award. Uh, Ingeborg first, she was in really good shape in in the beginning of the season, but uh, then she got sick, uh, was out for for I think four weeks, so kind of set her back a bit, and we also have a. I have some sickness on on some of the other athletes, so that can explain a bit. And uh, yeah, uh, about losing the skis, it's uh, maybe not <laughs> an ideal situation if you want to compete in a cross-country ski race. But uh, at least you you get some time on TV. Yeah. Going back to that, how did it feel when that happened? What went through your mind at that particular moment? At first, I I didn't realize what actually had happened, so. It took some seconds to to realize that both skis were uh, gone, and uh, uh, and then I just thought ah, this can't be real. <laughs> this, this is must be a joke. I would just try to get some new skis and get going again. Yeah. But you didn't. You didn't retire. Did that uh, occur to you that maybe I should just you know stop racing? But you you didn't. You went back at a new replacement ski and continued. Yeah, at first I thought, okay, now this race is over for me, and because one of the bindings were broken, and uh, the other ski was, I, I could use it, but uh, it was, uh, it was not uh, 100%. But uh, after uh, some seconds, I uh, calmed down, and I thought, now nah, just go get some new skis and, and uh, finish the race. I grabbed my a pair of uh, training or warm-up skis that was uh, placed just uh, right outside, and got back on the track. So why? Why did you do that? Because you knew nah, at, that t- at that time that you're not going to be able to have a good race. Ah, but uh, I didn't want to be a, a non-finisher, so so I thought it was better to to try to finish and to just. I had to wait for all the other guys to finish the race anyway, so I could just. I thought ah, it's better to be on the track than standing and watching. So. And it paid off. You got that uh, Visma Skier of the Day award. How did that make you feel? Proud, of course. It's it's standing in uh, in the showcase, so uh, I think I'm probably the most average skier to ever win a Wisma Skier of the Day. So, so yeah. after the race, when I turn on my phone, it was just uh, it was f- uh, filled with messages, uh, text messages, and uh, Facebook and, and everything, and yeah, got uh, quite a lot of uh, of um, feedback on the. TV time, so yeah, it was it was fun. So going back to the season, you said that you guys uh, progressed and uh, got better results towards the end. Kind of, if you go back and think about the sort of the highlights or the best races, best moments, what else would you like to kind of point out from your team's uh, perspective? I think uh, Ingeborg's uh, results in the beginning and also in Yeserska was good. 
Marie René with the with the pink bib in Livigno and also 13th in Vaslapa was a good result. And then we have uh, from the guys we had uh, Halvor. I think he was 37 in La Diagonela, which was good. And Allen was really close to to breaking top 30 in in Vasalapa, but faded a bit in the end. So close, but maybe not no cigar. Yeah, and then also Thomas uh, at the Surf Club was uh, was uh, good. So I think that was probably our best best results. But now let's talk about your team. Uh, in more detail. So Christopher, Team Expand, you mentioned that you worked uh, together with Ingeborg, but how did you kind of put this team together? Uh, it uh, actually started when Ingeborg and me was uh, skiing for um, uh, Shigo Exit Team in uh, Season 8. And uh, after that season, uh, the team got bankrupt and folded, and we thought that we we tried to get our own team and uh, tried to to search for uh, search for sponsors and uh, working towards establishing the team. And uh, Ingeborg did uh, most of that part, and she got in connection with uh, with the company Expand, which was. Uh, interesting in in uh, joining Wisma and then we yeah that was kind of the start of the team um, that we expanded in front of this season and then uh, definitely be in be in Wisma for uh, season 11 as well so team expand expanded but do you remember your or Ingeborg's uh, first pitch to the company how did you guys sell this hey this is a new team I, I can't take any any uh, credit for that because uh, it was uh, all Ingeborg's work. So uh, she should have the the honor for making the contact and selling it in. So some of the the reason was in in season eight she had a really good season with uh, some top ten placings and uh, that's kind of the what do you call it? It opened some doors and uh, I think uh, that was kind of the the start of the new team. And of course, you needed more skiers than just yourself and Ingeborg. Uh, how did you did you have some skiers in mind, or how did you approach the uh, the other team members that you have in your squad right now? Yeah, I think uh, or um, uh, Alan, he was also a part of uh, of uh, Team Shigo, so we we knew him from before. So he joined in from that team, and then we needed uh, one more guy for uh, the prologue for the first season and then I, I knew um, that uh, Thomas was a young and up-and-coming uh, skier that was interesting in, in uh, long-distance skiing so I contacted him so he joined in as kind of a trainee and uh, then joined for full for this season and then uh, we wanted to, to add more uh, girls also before uh, before this season and then Ingeborg um, uh, knew Oda and we we knew that uh, last season she had uh, skied really well at uh, Reistalöpe, so we we asked if she wanted to to try some more long distance skiing, and um, so she joined in, and we also spoke with uh, Marie René, who had been skiing for Sinfjell, so she joined from them, and then uh, we had Halvor who contacted us and and also joined in from Sinfjell. So are you still scouting for new potential skiers or do you think that you pretty much have your rooster in place right now? 
Uh, the plan was to to uh, to strengthen the squad uh, before next season, but uh, I think uh, yeah, right now uh, we're still looking, but uh, it's not the time to sign new contracts right now. I think so. We have to uh, have some calm, I think, and, and yeah, just wait and see how the situation will. With the corona, will uh, will uh, spill out uh, over the summer. Assuming and hoping that it'll it'll be over at some some point. Uh, how do you guys then train? And of course, last summer when we didn't have this special situation, you guys were able to train. I guess you had training camps and stuff. Can you shed some light on 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 that part a little bit? Yeah, I don't uh, think we are training so uh, or very different from from other teams, but uh, of course. All or nearly all in our squad has uh, either a job or studying, so it's uh, a bit limited. Only Marie and Irene have been uh, have been skiing full time, so we have diff- we don't have that much time uh, available. So we have uh, had limited training camps. We had three camps during the uh, the build up, one on snow and and two before that. Uh, I think typical training have been uh, intervals, uh, long uh, double polling sessions on on roller skis with intervals and uh, some roller ski competitions and uh, I think pretty much the the basic uh, long distance skiing uh, training uh, principles. And how's the atmosphere, the spirit uh, within your team? I think it was has been uh, really good. I think uh, people have been. Uh, Enjoying traveling with the team and staying with the team, uh, racing, competing. I think both athletes and and uh, the support crew have been uh, really good in in both supporting each other and uh, making a good mat- a good uh, atmosphere in the team. So uh, really, really uh, happy with that. We have been having fun and uh, and no drama or uh, conflict. So uh, really appreciate it. That's always good to hear. Uh, what do you think are the kind of the weaknesses that you need to, as a team, you need to focus on? And then again, your strengths as a team. As I said uh, earlier, we, we uh, kind of had hoped for some, some better results and kind of weakness. We, we maybe lack a, a, an athlete, especially on the, on the guy's side with a good capacity that can be up there top 20 30 on a good day uh, on the on the shorter shorter races because i think both uh, especially alan and me are mostly suited for vasaloppa and uh, yeah then you have that one shot uh, each year and so maybe one with a bit more capacity and speed and not just like a diesel engine but then what about the good good side what's the kind of the strength the power that you have I think in the in the autumn, I think all the uh, the ladies were really strong on on uh, on the roller ski races, and uh, uh, I think we we need to get more of that out, or when we get to snow. So I think that they they have the abilities, but uh, we need to find out what we can do to make them get everything out when it when it matters the most. We have to look a bit into that. On this podcast, you've been praising your co-director, uh, Ingeborg Dahl, quite a lot. But what is the contribution that you feel that you are bringing into your team? I try to, to focus on uh, logistics and uh, the practical setup. So 
uh, we haven't missed a train, no a flight, and we have. Uh, I think the the traveling program for for the team has been good plan, so we don't have to use more uh, more energy than than necessary for for the traveling and uh, all the stuff around, so we can yeah, focus mostly on the races, uh, which is important when we. I've been traveling a lot of up and down. We haven't stayed in the in the middle of Europe for for many weeks, as uh, a lot of the other teams have. So then it's uh, really important to to use as uh, or as little energy as possible for for the traveling. So it sounds to me that your team is very organized, and of course you have a lot to do with that, and you and Ingeborg. But next, let's talk about Christopher Nielsen as a skier. Christopher, when you go back, back to the good old days when you were a little kid, when did you kind of realize that wow, skiing is something I want to really do? This is fun. Uh, I've been skiing as long as I can remember, so I think my mom and dad just took me out skiing, and uh, I always enjoyed it. And so I think yeah, that's something I I, I always done. Did you do races a lot when you were? Um... A teenager or a junior skier? Uh, I think I started racing when I was uh, about five, but uh, I quit when I was 16, 17, I think. Uh, I, focused on, uh, I focused on football until I was uh, 22, 23, I think, uh, when I retired from that. And then uh, I maybe a year when I didn't train that much or... Where I trained quite different, uh, but then I missed uh, to compete, so I started skiing again, and uh, it had just been more and more since then. Uh, actually, that's why kind of why I came quite late into the Wisma Ski Classics. And you mentioned earlier that Vasalopet is kind of your forte. Did you realize that early on that long distance skiing is your cup of tea? Yeah, actually, I, I uh, knew that already when I was uh, like uh, skiing when I was 13, 14, that uh, the longer races uh, suited me better than and that I always did well when, when we got to ski a bit longer uh, distances. So uh, I was not surprised to find out that Vasalopet suited me quite well. And what is your best result at Vasalopet? I think my best result from Vasalopet is 51 from two years ago. I was. I'm hoping that I get to race Vasalopo one year without all the snow, and that I can find a pair of skis that actually suits uh, Vasalopo. That would have been uh, really interesting to see what the potential really is. What would be the most ideal conditions for you, from your perspective? Maybe really soft, wet, long race time, and. Uh, some really good skis. I think that's maybe the best uh, conditions for me. Uh, besides Vasalopet, uh, what else, uh, what other races uh, do you like in our Pro Tour? I like most races, but I have to say that uh, I skied the, the Tobla Cortina for the first time, and I think that was a really nice race. I voted for that as the best competition this year. I will really like to recommend that if, if someone is thinking about finding a, a kind of new race to, to try. It's a bit of a short race for you, though, if you like Vasalopet. So how come that is so? That was so great. Uh, the speed from the start was way too high for me, so fell off quite uh, quite fast. But uh, I just uh, the track and uh, the surroundings, and 
the organization and everything was I was really impressed so I really enjoyed the race so let's talk about the training a little bit how much do you train I, mean, I know you're working but how much do you train on on yearly basis I usually end up somewhere between 800 and 850 hours a year uh, I've done that for the last three four four years maybe I think the most I have been to is 900 hours but uh normal working schedule that might be yeah, just just a bit too much that is quite a lot i mean if you're working almost full time and you train 800 hours or close to 900 that's like what the uh, uh professional skiers do as well isn't that a little bit too taxing yeah. demanding i don't think it have been a problem for me i think if i was full time i would have been uh on somewhere around I think thousand eleven hundred hours. So at times it it can be a bit too much, and it's a it's a demanding balance between resting and training and working and yeah and everything else that happens. So quite a schedule to 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 manage. Yeah. So how do you program your training? Uh, I assume since you are training that much, you have different kind of weeks, you know, sometimes easier ones, sometimes more intensive than endurance. But what is sort of your overall schedule or program? Uh, I think a standard uh, build-up with, uh, with much uh, starting in May and uh, a lot of... Uh, easy training uh, not so much hard, uh, high intensity and then yeah steady build up towards the season with more high intensity training and also more um, long uh, roller ski sessions with with intervals or or uh, high intensity but uh, that has been my schedule for for the past years but i think for the next season i'm going to turn it uh, around quite a bit and try to focus a lot of more on on capacity from the beginning of the of the season and if that is your focus uh, how are you going to do that how are you uh, going to build up your capacity i'm going to to focus much more on on interval training and uh, i think the effect will be that the amount of hours would be much lower than than it has used to because I, I, it's definitely my together with uh, with my sprint. It's definitely my weakest point with uh, too low capacity compared to to a lot of the the good guys. So or the yeah, top twenty, top thirty. So so I think it's time to to try uh, try something different in in order to see if there are uh, any possibility of uh, further progression. So interval training is uh, pretty demanding. Uh, do you like it? Some people like it. Some people say that it's their favorite, and others tend to go more towards uh, long distance endurance. What is your sort of favorite uh, workout? It's uh, I, I really like long training uh, sessions, running or roller skiing or cycling or or whatever, and that's probably why I've ended up doing uh, very much of it. But uh, if you're thinking pure results, then I don't think I'll progress any further with doing the same for another year. So how are the training uh, conditions and training uh, possibilities, opportunities uh, in your hometown on uh, the area that you live in? No, it's it's uh, in uh, spring, uh, summer and autumn. It's really good, uh, good roller ski conditions and uh, some great uh, forests and mountains to run in and uh, 
but we lack uh, one really really long uh, climb we don't have any like high mountain passes or so i don't have any really long climbs but uh, except for that it's uh, i think it's uh, perfect it's not so much snow here so in the winter it can be a bit challenging so where do you usually go for snow or for snow training if I'm training after work, there it's a it's a place just 15, 10, 15 minutes away from me, but with uh, artificial snow. But uh, they need uh, minus degrees, and I they didn't have that this year, so I think it was possible to ski here for maybe four or five days this season. So, but then we have to travel a bit more, but maybe 45, 50 minutes, and that can be maybe a bit much after work, especially if you do it every day. So. Then it's roller skiing, even in the winters. Not ideal, but uh, it works out just fine. Speaking of that, I mean, it is not ideal, but do you think that it's close enough to kind of do the trick? For double poling, I think it's... Uh, it's. I don't think uh, that much difference. I think for, for Vasilopozol uh, and that kind of races, maybe it's even better because you build up some more strength. But... Uh, but you need uh, the feeling on the skis, and then it's the motivational part. It's yeah, it's more fun to, to ski than roller ski, uh, at least in the winter. So maybe more of a psychological thing. And as a skier, what are kind of the? You mentioned that you're gonna turn tables around a little bit and, and train differently. Uh, but what are, as a skier, what are your long-term goals? Definitely not winning Vasalopa, but uh, I was hoping to maybe be able to be top 30, top 40, or at least to to feel that I get out my potential. I think that's to see how, how can you actually be. I think that's kind of most uh, motivational part. And for how long do you think you will be able to or motivate it to go? Because now we have like Resak, Stanislav Resak and Anders Auckland showing us that you can be almost 50 and still go pretty strong. But then I think uh, you shouldn't have a full-time job besides the skiing. But uh, yeah, I don't think... Uh, but of course, they have been on, a, on a, such a high level for uh, since they were, were in their uh, 20s, so... I don't think it's fair to compare me with them, but uh, but I, I don't think age is slowing me up uh, just yet. No, I don't think so. But why do you do skiing? What do you get out of it? What do you get out of racing, running your team? Good question, but uh, I get a lot of uh, uh, good memories and uh, yeah, good fights with uh, both with uh, other skiers and also with myself to compete against myself and uh, try to push some limits. Uh, I think that's maybe the, the main uh, reasons for, for skiing. It is a pretty much a lifestyle you know, for all of us, I think. But next, we'll take a peek at the future. So Christopher, of course, at this stage, you know, the world is kind of in this big chaos and we don't know what's going to happen. But of course, we can always look at future, look forward to it. What are you hoping, first of all, what are you hoping from uh, the next season? Of course, I, I hope that uh, the world will be back to normal and that would be a, 
and that season 11 will be a full season with uh, all scheduled races and uh, good snow conditions and and um, and yeah be just like uh, the schedule is is supposed to be but uh, right now i have to say that i don't think it's i think it can be end up with being a very different so you're expecting to be a bit of a different season is that what you're saying right now with we have so many races in in Italy and Middle Europe, uh, Tyrol, that area, and uh, I kind of think it's hard to imagine having so many races in that area. It's it's not so long until uh, November. It's six seven months, so uh, something needs to change before that is uh, a possibility for us. I think, and certainly we all hope for that. What about the longer term? Not just next year, but for your team. First of all, what, do you, what, what are your expectations for your team for next year and also for a longer term? We, the plan has uh, all the way been to, to participate in season 11. So don't get me wrong. I really hope for a, for a full season and a, and a good season and uh, the team will be, be there. And um, we have had some plans for the next season and so on, but I think it's really, will we be stronger, better? I don't know if, we will be the same people if it will be more if we have to be less uh, it's it's difficult right now to i don't have the the setup of the team uh, i really want to have it uh, clear but uh, the situation makes us uh, we just have to accept the situation and and, and wait and you are now uh, ranked as the 13th best uh, pro team uh, so are you planning to or hoping trying to be uh, among their top 10 best teams yeah i think that's that's uh, basically the same setup i think that will be a, be a natural goal i i also last three races hadn't been cancelled I, I i think that we might have uh, ended up 11 or 12 because we were in a good steam uh, towards the end so i think uh, towards top 10 is natural for us to, to look yeah and when you look at Visma Ski, Ski Classics and the Pro Tour, and now we also have the Challenger, so it's constantly growing, developing, uh, and evolving. But is there anything that you think should be added, or anything from a skier's point of view, and also from a pro team director's point of view, that you'd like to see taking place in Visma Ski Classics? I have to say, uh, I hope that uh, it's uh, it's more snow next season, so we can get those road crossings a bit better, with uh, not just uh, stones and rocks, but maybe some snow also when we cross the roads. Except from that, I think uh, a lot of people are talking about skating races, and Engadin was there, of course, but uh, if you think about uh, expanding and growing Wisma even more, and maybe to reach out to more people, I think, that's that's the natural way to look and, and to think about. But wouldn't that be a bit of a problematic for the teams as well? Because if we are going more towards skating, then you have to have more the gear, skis and everything, and maybe even specialized skaters within a team. It might become a bit of a burden. Of course, uh, absolutely. And um, for most parts, it's, it would be a lot of the same guys being... Being up there, but uh, then you also have the the possibility to have some uh, other athletes joining the mix for the win, and uh, you have the possibility to, to add up uh, new races, uh, quite big races, and 
maybe even more teams from from Central Europe. So, yeah, it's pros and cons, of course, and uh, that's something um, the the leaders in I think in Visma are constantly considering. So I trust them to take the the right decisions. Since you like Vasaloped and long distances, should we have even longer races than Vasaloped, which is 90k? Ah, Nordenshol might might be, maybe not for all, but uh, I think it would have been uh, really interesting to have uh, such a long uh, demanding race. TV production would be a challenge, uh, of course, but uh, I think you you have the possibility to maybe have a bit of a different... Uh, the race might unfold a, a little bit different than than uh, the shorter ones because you have to to monitor your effort more uh, more uh, constantly and uh, so maybe more more of a chance of a breakaway or or uh, some stunts uh, under the race. What about more team efforts? We have the uh, team uh, pro team tempo at the beginning of season and everybody seems to like it but what if we had more of those kind of things uh, over the season yeah that's a good uh, good suggestion actually Uh, I think uh, the pro team tempo is really really uh, exciting and and different and uh, would have been really fun to try it in uh, not in altitude to to see if you can just uh, get four guys to go flat out and uh, and keep it together all the way. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's also a good uh, suggestion. Anything else like that? What if we had a extreme a mountain climb competition? I'm quite open to to trying new new uh, races or kind of new competition formats, and uh, I think uh, it's it's important to to try to build the the series and make uh, make all the races uh, interesting and. Uh, yeah, so if you find a, a long enough climb, then uh, yeah, why not? So there are, of course, all kinds of ideas, and we are constantly thinking about them, and ideas are are always good to have. Uh, when you uh, think about Visma Ski Classics in general, uh, this was the 10th anniversary year, 10 years of Visma Ski Classics. Long-distance skiing has existed for, for a long, long time. And uh, but what do you think that Visma Ski Classics has brought in to this sport that we all love so much? Uh, definitely a lot of more uh, professionalism uh, and a much higher level on the on the best athletes. Uh, you can see if you if you watch um, maybe the first season of Visma, then it was the front group was like. Uh, six seven guys and they were from two different teams and uh, now we have front groups of uh, 50 60 guys and it's from uh, spread out from maybe 15 teams so uh, the growth has been uh, really impressive and uh, i think it's it brings uh, more strength uh, in depth to to the races and make the races uh, quite uh, different from what they used to be for the last seasons when i've been in it i think the uh, the the growth has been really good and and uh, uh, we also brings uh, a lot of more uh, attention to the races uh, with the TV and so on and um, yeah so I think for for the races in participating in in Wisma I think it's uh, it's been a really good um, addition. 
So as you just said, you know, the top skiers are really, really tough, really good. Uh, the quality is really, really high up there. But when you think about like yourself and the skiers like you, still working full time, uh, good skiers, uh, sort of semi-professionals, uh, training as much as you are, what would your advice be to them so that they will take, uh, or will have the courage or the inspiration to step into step into our arena yeah i think it's uh it should it should not be a high bar to climb actually because uh these races they are so big so you won't end up ski alone uh, no matter how good or or uh, bad you are on ski so i think it uh, you will always find something to someone to to ski with and and um to challenge yourself uh, with and uh, i think uh addition to have uh, competitions beside your training it's also um, important so i think you just go out there and get some races and, and enjoy it i think that's the, the that's the best i can say but it's not that easy to do it by yourself if you don't have a team and of course if you're not a good enough skier you're not going to be selected or picked up but do you see there might be an opportunity just to join a team, even if you pay yourself or something? Would that be something, for example, you guys would be willing to do? No, I don't think so. Because, uh, of course, if you, if you want to join a professional team or a semi-professional team, then, then you, you need to have some uh, certain kind of level as a skier. And uh, I think yeah, some teams might be willing to accept someone just paying, but... It brings uh, it's, it brings uh, even more uh, organization etc into into the mix. So for us, I don't think that that will be uh, any solution. So basically, what you're saying is that if you are a skier like yourself, for example, uh, like a top fifty good good top fifty skier, you just have to go there out there by yourself for a little bit, try to pick some good races, uh, get some good results, and then maybe have a chance to be picked up or approach. Yeah, of course. I think uh, delivering some good results—that's the—that's the best kind of uh, way to to find a find a team. Uh, I've done quite a lot of the, the races as not part of a team myself, and I know it's it's uh, it can be a bit mess uh, with uh, both with starting positions and waxing skis and everything. But uh, normally, if you are good enough, then you, you you get to show it during a race. So. It's not going to be easy to to join teams. I think in the future for the next season, I think a lot of teams might be smaller or uh, smaller budgets, and uh, yeah, so it's not going to be to be easy. And then, what do you want to say about the challengers? That was a new initiative that we uh, had last year, and we still will have. You know, twenty seven races or events signed in. Seventeen of them uh, took place. And of course, if you go and yeah, win, win a race, you get fifty points. Yeah, and and uh, not on a pro team, it's uh, it's a really good arena to show themselves and to to try to get into a team. So that kind of uh, aspect, I think, is a really really good uh, addition to the series. And yeah, the the concept is good, and then uh, the how you how you solve the. Uh, the races and the ranking and points and stuff that should be evaluated after this season and um, the challengers uh, are there to stay but uh, yeah I think for for next seasons uh, 
the schedule needs to be in place uh, quite early so people can plan their races and uh, everything because uh, it's it's already 12 races in Visma so it's it's kind of limited how many challenges you can race besides of that and we have roller skis roller, roller, yeah. roller ski events as well yeah that but but that's uh, that's just uh, i think that's uh, really nice to to bring some more uh, competitions into the training and uh, of course they they don't there's no trouble with schedule towards pro series so so that i think that's uh, just 100% good um, uh, it's, uh, i think it's really nice addition to to the to the challengers so now we've been talking for a long time now, and I know that you are sitting at your office and you need to continue your work day, even if, if, even if you're there by yourself. But <laughs> as a last thing, three sort of things that you'd like to see taking place, are you hoping for or, or hoping to see next season? Uh, then I'm hoping for no corona, <laughs> no traveling quarantine, and uh, that everybody stay healthy. Those are really good things. I think we all are hoping for those. Thank you very much, uh, Christopher. Have a good uh, working day and keep on training. And we'll see how well you and your team will do next season. And also all the listeners out there, thank you very much for joining us. We will continue with more podcasts and more guests. So stick around, stay tuned, and stay healthy. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.